You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, it's the final of a draft day memory series. Hope you enjoyed it. This time it's with former Washington quarterback, Jason Campbell. We talked about when he knew he'd be going to Washington, how he reacted, and the empathy for his Auburn teammates who thought they would go high and did not. To be honest, some of those are kind of sad tales. Jason is doing a podcast on Auburn football. So if you want to hear Jason, you want to hear about Auburn, it's called Everything Auburn. You can follow him on Instagram at, at jcampbell17 and on Twitter at jcam underscore 17. You can read my work on ESPN.com. We'll have a ton of draft coverage for the next several days, both on the site and on the podcast. Um, I do have a story up. I should have a story up Wednesday about the case for going defense in the first round for Washington, even with a top five unit. One note, I will be at my son's college graduation Friday night, but there will be Washington coverage. A few nuggets before I get to Jason. In our NFL Nation mock draft Tuesday night, I selected Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. My level of confidence in this pick? Medium. I know they like him, and I know even with all the Landon Collins talk, this move is definitely not off the board. I made sure of that, folks. But it also depends how the board, of course, falls. In our mock, Kristen Darisaw was gone, and I didn't see them taking a guy who projects to guard or right tackle, not after making this Eric Flowers trade, um, especially. Um, I could see them trading back and targeting a guy like linebacker Jamin Davis or even safety Tra Trayvon Merrick. They like both those players. They also like other guys at those spots who might be there on day two a decent amount. That's why I opted for Coromo because he gives them position flexibility and adds a potential dynamic playmaker. They have a chance to build a really special defense and go look at the list of quarterbacks they face this year compared to 2020. That's something I wrote about in my story. Check that out. They need more defense to stay in that top 10. And again, why Coromo? And again, I like Jamin Davis. And Jamin Davis can play the mic. Some people, some people think um, he's too angular to play inside. These guys, I do believe, look at him that way. But they also see other guys, again, in the second round who can do, who maybe aren't that far off from where he is. So that's why Coromo is a different athlete than some of these other guys. Zayvon Collins, I believe, they look at him as a 3-4 guy. So that's, again, that's why I went in that direction. And there are corners that they like, but the corners around there have injury questions. And I think there are a couple of guys in the second and day two that they would like, look at those two Georgia corners. Safety, another position they can find in the second or third round. Andre Sisco, a guy to watch. So anyway, that's why I went, my, again, my confidence on that pick, medium. So we'll see. But I, what I do know, he's, he's a guy they like, and he is a guy that they will definitely consider at that spot. So we move on. 
I had mentioned a few weeks back about keeping tabs on New England receiver and Keel Harry. My understanding is that they are not one of the teams consistently checking in with the Patriots as of now. I don't know what that means, but I do know that others have been calling more. With the Flowers deal, I'm told it's as much about adding more depth and competition. Washington is only on the hook for $3 million of his salary and just simply swapped seventh round picks. This is not a huge investment, folks, to where he's guaranteed anything. He was rather inconsistent last year in Miami. I love the depth signings, and I like that they want to add competition wherever possible. It keeps guys on their toes. Now, I would bet on him winning a starting job, but my point is he's not guaranteed of a starting job, nor should he be. As for the fallout here, I do know they really like Sadiq Charles at guard. They also have Wes Schweitzer to compete on the left side. Schweitzer did a nice job filling in, better as a run blocker, not great in protection. Flowers fits with that power run game that Rivera wants to get, and um, so I think that's that's a big thing here. Flowers was inconsistent in pass pro when he was here two years ago. He had a good year because I think expectations were very low for him. He did have a good year. He does like it here. I do know that. Um, so, and there's also Brandon Sheriff on the right side. Now, that to me is where does it get interesting? I don't know. If I'm Washington and know that Sheriff will be tough to sign long term, as it certainly is that appearing that way because he's turned down their offers, I'd at least explore the possibility of moving him, perhaps including him in any trade where they tried to get where if they wanted to move up into that into the first round, if there's a guy they like, like a Justin Fields who is falling a little bit. Problem is another team would have to sign him to an extension. So that limits his value and the ability to make really make a move. I would imagine it'll be tough for any new team to sign unless perhaps it's closer to his Iowa roots. I don't know. Um, I just think that knowing how Sheriff operates, it might be tough to get that deal done, which would then make it tough to possibly trade him if they even want to do that. I'm not even saying they would, um, but it, it could, maybe it could help if they wanted to. It could help maybe you seal a deal to move up. And then you look at it and say, OK, you've got Flowers, you've got Charles, and you have Schweitzer backing up. Or what you really have is great depth if you keep all those guys and you have a much better line for this year, and then you worry about the other stuff next year. So I have no clue if they would even think about doing this. Of course, it would make some sense. If they don't do it, then again, they have a great interior O-line situation for the first time in a while. And if Sheriff gets hurt again, they're even they're more than covered. I have not yet heard that they're even shopping him. But again, it's just something, you know, in these kind of situations, it always makes you wonder, right? So that's all I'm doing. Don't take it for anything other than just me wondering. It is not a report. It's not something I've heard at this point. I still think if Washington gets a quarterback in the first round, it's Justin Fields. And on day two, I think it'd be Kyle Trask. I explained in the last podcast how, was, how there's a chance they don't address it at all. The board has to fall right. And I know Ben mentioned Davis Mills. I haven't heard the strong vibes there with him. Um, heard more New England, Chicago with him. Um, that's why I still... Trask is the first one I heard in this during the offseason with these guys. So that's where I would still look. We'll see. Um, I think there's a lot more guesswork this year for a couple of reasons. The loss of the combine and owners meetings hurts huge gossip sessions for media and coaches and agents. A lot of agents are having a harder time reading what might happen. I've had more than a few tell me that they could tell in the past when teams are strongly interested in their clients before based on where they were visiting and how often teams called. Then they'd also get feedback because they were talking to teams to line up all these sessions. Now it's all Zoom, less communication with teams. And I had one agent tell me, he's like, what, do, what does two Zooms mean? 
what, what do three zooms mean? They don't know. There's no context with it. So that's one of the issues here. And I think this team has done a better job of plugging some things. But I think overall in the league, there that's part of why there's maybe a wide variance on some things. One of the things I've heard is how owner Dan Snyder has let the staff do what they want. Now, we've heard this before, but I do believe that Ron Rivera has been good at keeping him informed on what's going on. That's the key with Snyder. Keep, it's the, been the ability to manage him. Joe Gibbs excelled at it. Others have not. Winning helps. So the fact that they went seven and nine, and that's not a winning year, but they finished strong. That matters. And, you know, to, to continue it this way, they've got to take that next step. And people there know it because Snyder's not going to give you a lot of rope if you're not doing that. And we've seen that in the past. And I think if they don't have a great, if they don't have a good year, take a big step up, then you go into year three and you got, you're going to have more pressure. That's all there is to it. So we'll see. All right, a couple, a couple of draft stories I told you I might tell you, or that I would tell you. I remember one time back in the day when Steve Spurrier was the head coach, talking to the, and we were talking to the old ball coach on the day of the draft. Few of us were chatting with him at the door of the press room. Suddenly, he looks up at the TV screen and says, we're on the clock, better go. And then he left. They indeed were on the clock. He was talking to us. That's all you need to know about that tenure. When he'd introduce the new player that they picked, he, he basically, he'd pull out a piece of paper, put his reading glasses on and read off the bio. He said about Bobby Robert Royal, only had 18 catches. Guess he's not much of a pass catcher. He didn't know. Then there was a Haskins draft. Leading into it, I was told, I, I know this story has been out there a little bit, but I, this is something that I heard a long time ago. But leading into it, I was told they had him as a, that they had him as a third round pick on their board. There were some scouts that had him as a first round pick. The more they went through the process, um, the more they settled on a third round pick. As the draft neared, the scouts were told by the higher, higher, up, higher, higher ups to move him into the first round on their board. They didn't want the scouts to be embarrassed when Haskins went before Daniel Jones. On the day of the draft, they were told to put him ahead of Jones for the same reason. This is why you started to hear things leak out. Then, of course, he fell to 15, and he would have fallen further had this team not been there. Dan Snyder asked somebody in the room, like, what should we do? They, I, think it was, I think it was Doug Williams mentioned two guys, Haskins, and a defensive lineman, Montez Sweat. And Snyder's comment was, taking the quarterback. Kyle Smith told Snyder it was a big effing mistake. So there you go. Now, Kyle wasn't fired after that. Snyder put up with it, and it turned out to be a mistake. But that's how, that's how it did happen. Anyway, that's a lot for me. Enough. Let's get to Jason Campbell after this break. Why did he know he'd be coming to Washington? And how he almost stayed here even after Donovan McNabb arrived. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Knife Fight that can enhance any sports experience, whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as more or less. Will an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total? You can do the same in baseball. Will a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc.? It's fun, and every Friday it's Home Run Derby, bet on three guys who had home runs that night. All three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week you can participate in their eagle-eyed jackpot based on the PGA Tour. Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com 
and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Jason Campbell. All right, Jason. Well, I just, first of all, thanks for coming on, but I want to start with what do you remember about being drafted? 2005, not a little bit along, a little bit of time has passed since then, but curious your memories. Yeah, time is flying, John. I can't believe it's already been uh, <laughs> a little over 15 years. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's That seems like a long, long time ago, but I tell you what, man, I remember that day. It was a very special day to me and my family. I remember, you know, getting a call from Coach Gibbs uh, at the time. He was a legendary coach, and, you know, he was in his second stint coming back to Washington and, you know, to get the opportunity to go and play for him and, and be part of a, you know, a franchise that was kind of rich in tradition and winning and had won Super Bowls and everything. So, you know, I, I just remember telling my parents that day that I got drafted, you know, I, just to see the tears in my parents' eyes, my mom and dad. You know, that was more exciting to me than just as far as me just getting drafted. It was a relief for me from that standpoint to say, okay, that part's over with. Now on to the next part of the journey. But for my family, though, to see my friends and stuff all excited, you know, it made it worthwhile for me, man, to to be spending that day with them and then for them to to share that moment with me. You know, people that see me grow up from a kid. Did you have a big party? Was it and was this at your house? It was in, uh, I was actually stayed in Auburn, um, had it at a place I was staying at uh, during the football season and uh, invited some of the coaches over, invited some of the my uh, teammates uh, over and um, my family from Mississippi came up and friends. And uh, so, yeah, we had dinner and everything. And at that, well, at that time, you know, it started early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little different than what they do it now. So we had like lunch, I would say. And uh, so it, it was a great day, man. I really enjoyed it. And then the next week after I had came back from Washington after minicamp, I actually uh, had a big thing back in Laura, Mississippi, where I was born. Okay. When with the draft, they actually had to make a trade up to get you. Did you know when they made the, I, were you, first of all, were you watching everything going on? Yeah, I was watching because there's a couple of teams that, uh, you know, I might have, you know, they're saying that I might could go earlier, you know, it's just all right. That- where the uh, where the draft slots failed and who needed a quarterback at the time and so I had already talked to Coach Gibbs. He had already told me if you see us move up to twenty five and uh, you're still there, then that means we're moving up to get you. Mm. And you know you really fit our system. What we're trying to do, you're a big arm quarterback. You know we like to throw the deep seven routes, the deep the deep posts and uh, and and the deep intermediate uh, dig routes, and uh, that fit me. And uh, it fit me well. And just unfortunate that, you know, once I got rolling into his system, you know, know. so that kind of changed a lot of things. Yes, it did. Um, When you say you thought you maybe what what were some of the other teams who were who were some of the other teams looking at you in that draft? Because you're also in the same draft, that same round with Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers went right before you. Right. Right. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that Aaron failed so far uh, at the time. But uh like I said, I was predicated on who needed quarterbacks. And right. uh, during the time we was coming out, it wasn't a lot of teams because the year before us was the Rothenberger, the Manning, the right. Phil, all those guys. So they had taken up a lot of those slots and uh, and everything. So it was a little different different feel for my draft class. But And those guys, crazy thing is, they was two and three years younger than me, but in my draft class. <laughs> so That's right. 
Yeah, so, you know, that was kind of weird. But at the same time, you know, it all worked out for all of us. Of course, it's really working out for Aaron uh, being in the franchise. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it. You know, you go through life things, you go through little bumps, you know, you get with a franchise, it's kind of, you know, rocky roller coaster. But it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, I enjoy my time in D.C. with the people I got to meet. You had a 10-year NFL career. That's a win. So, you know what I mean? That's that's a, that's a big win. Did you think did you think that you might go ahead of Rodgers? Did you think that there there was a possibility of that? No, I knew they was talking about cuz it was one point of somebody him going one. Uh, right. Alex Smith, you know, kind of going for that one spot at the time. And, uh, you know, for me, it was kind of like Denver. Denver was out there a little bit because at the time they had Jake Plummer and you know, talking about bringing in a younger guy to kind of learn under Jake. And I remember I can move a little bit like Jake. And uh, we actually talked about this on his podcast last year. Mm. I can move a little bit. And I was a, a bootleg guy. And I can get outside the pocket and had an arm. And I can fit Shanahan's system and, uh, you know, and everything. So, you know, but once that didn't happen, you know, I, I kind of knew I was going to Washington at that standpoint. And now I run it. And Shanahan got the job at Washington, you know, he – after lunch twice to try to keep me there. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, he tried to take me out. We went to Lansdowne at eight, and uh, he was talking about, you know, they understand that a trade was made for, for Donovan McNabb, but he was just like, you know, he wanted me, though, because he was just like I was a younger guy, had a big arm, and uh, and he felt like I was trending in the right direction and uh, and everything. He said I just needed some, some stability and uh, something. <laughs> Do it experience of being a head coach and do what they was kind of doing. So I was looking forward to it, but I told myself I couldn't take the risk because there's no more guarantees in my contract. And I said, right. Donovan McNabb just to sit him, you know, and I was kind of upset about it because we beat Philly twice that year. And I had, uh, you know, I had limited players around me that year, you know, a lot, most yeah. of my hurt. And uh, but so, you know, I ended up asking him, well, he just, you know, trade me away so that I can at least have some guarantees. And, he gave me two teams. It was Carolina and uh, and Oakland Raiders. And I said, you know, I, 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 you know, let's go to the Raiders because I feel like they had a young nucleus and we played them that year and it was just maybe a quarterback away from being competitive. Do you think that if you had been able to stay, that Mike would have given the, it would have allowed you to compete for that, or did you, you know, did he give that indication? I think it was a foregone conclusion that he yeah. wanted to compete and stay because he was like, you just never know what can happen, and he wasn't completely sold on the trade. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I, I told him, I said, from a business standpoint, it would make sense for me to stay. I said, because if you could guarantee me my contract for the season, then I will stay. I like, but if you can't, then I have to move on. And he was just like, well, you know, that's up to the ownership and everything. And he was just like, I don't know if Dan would do that. And uh, and I was just like, well, you know, I just I can't take that risk. You know, I said, just like, you know, I, I said, I love it here. I said. We've gone through some rough times. I feel like each year I've been progressing regardless of the rough times. So I say I know better is on the way. And uh, But unfortunately, you know, things happen. I'll go to Oakland. I'm really having a good career out there before I bring my collarbone. So, you know, things happen in the league, man. I tell these kids, like, they be so, so hyped up on about where they end up and how they end up. And I'm just like, look, some, some franchises are just way different than others. You know, some are just a cut above them and stability and how they do things and how they're running. And it's just, you know, just take advantage of whatever opportunity it is. No matter where you go, just make the best of it and most of it. Because I mean, when I went to Oakland, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know I don't know about this. But actually, when I went out there, I was 12 and 7 as a starter. And we was actually yeah. going really well. So, um, you know, you just have to go in everything with a positive mindset.
What do you, going back to the draft day experience? Do you remember a moment from that day? Something whether you know something your parents had said to you, or something that you you know did you kind of break away from the the group just to kind of compose yourself? What do you remember? Anything like that? Yeah, I remember once they got the pick twenty two. Uh, I remember walking up. I, I walked away from everybody, and uh, everyone was kind of looking for me. I heard people looking for me and stuff, and no one kind of knew where I was at. My dad was always my shielder, so he always <laughs> shielded. Basically, like, he was just like, you know, leave him alone. He's somewhere right now just you know, to himself. So I actually got the call before it was announced on the TV. So mm. I didn't go downstairs until after it was announced, but I had already got the call from Coach Gibbs that I was he was going to they was getting ready to take me at the 25th pick. And, uh, and as soon as Aaron Rodgers went at 24, they called me and said, you know, now we're taking you at 25. And, uh, and I just remember being happy and excited and having that relief. Like I said, they didn't hear anything. So when I walked in the room, they was going crazy when they saw it on the on the screen. So it was, and they were just like, "Why are you so calm?" And I said, "Cause I had already known he had already talked." <laughs> <just> like, you. <laughs> That's funny. Well, what when when you get that call? Then before everybody else knows, what do you like? Do you get off the phone and what do you do? Like, what's what's that like? Yeah, well, you, uh, first of all, you just first you thank God, you know, for the opportunity, you know, and taking you this far. And then uh, think about a, a kid from a population of maybe 2,500, uh, you know, from Taylorsville, Mississippi, born from Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, you think about it like in, and then they go to Auburn and go undefeated and be SEC player of the year and then go into the pros, be a first round draft pick like that just that meant a lot. And, you know, it, it meant so much because I could go back and host camps at home. And kids could actually see it and believe what I would try to tell them. Like you can make it out of here and you can, you know, make it from a small area and, and make it to the to your dream, you know, no matter where you come from. So I could actually put physical appearance and not just saying it, but actually now I could see it and see it happen. And uh so now it, it made a bunch of kids, you know, believers and uh and, and what they can achieve and, and want to become. Two more things, and I want to ask you about Justin Fields, because you know about fit for quarterback and all that, but um, and he, I think he's a possibility here, but for you, 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 re- you just mentioned all your, you know, your career at Auburn. So, you know, you're going to get picked, Yeah. but when you, but was it a different feeling than you anticipated? Was it more overwhelming than maybe anticipated? Because again, it was, you, you knew you're going in the, you're, you're going to be picked high. So was it a different, was it an overwhelming feeling? Was it different than you anticipated? What was, you know, compared to what? The expectations were what was it like i say mine was different because um i got a chance to meet with coach gibbs them they came down i thought they was coming down to work me out after my pro day but they came down just to do board work with me and mm-hmm. uh, where i was at for was uh picking up plays and different things like that and once i kind of blew their minds away with that how quickly i can pick up a system um i think it was a foregone conclusion at that time uh when they told me they said hey if you, if you see us move up and that's where we're coming to get you. And uh, so for me, that took a lot of weight off of it. Hmm. Um, I know Tennessee Titans was another one that was really, really high on me at the time because uh, Steve Manair was from the area where I was from in Mississippi, maybe 10 miles apart. And I remember them talking to talking to me a lot, and they had very high interest. I actually visited their, their facility as well during the process. Uh, Cleveland Browns was high at the time. Um, Romeo Cornell Cur- was there at the yeah. time. He was very high on drafting me, and I did not want to go to the cold. <laughs> I knew what he was cold, but I knew Cleveland was colder. And, 
uh, and everything. So I thought I might end up at Tennessee at one point just because it was a little closer to home. And then uh, the with Steve being there and being able to learn on him for maybe a year or two. But, um, you know, it worked out great, man. You know, go to Washington and I got a chance to meet Doug Williams through it. And, and get, you know, so Sonny Jurgensen, uh, you know, got to meet Joe Theismann and, and then, you know, just a lot of the greats that just played there and uh, and everything. So, and I still have a relationship with a lot of those guys now. I can still pick the phone up with them and call them or, or meet them on a golf course or something if I wanted to because it's just a, it's a, it's a fraternity. And uh, and that's kind of like what it is. But for me, it wasn't so overwhelming, Judge, because the fact where I knew that I would be drafted high. Now, if mm-hmm. I was a person that, if you didn't know, like, you could fall anywhere from second to fifth round or something. And if you were in that predicament, it can become a lot overwhelming. It can become stressful because I had teammates that thought they was getting drafted on the first day and didn't get drafted at all. And mm-hmm. they big parties with 40, 50, 60 people at their house. And, you know, the whole day go by, their name's not called. Then the next day go by, their name's not called. And uh, to see them go through that, like, it was almost just like a kid seeing their dream just kind of leave them right in front of their eyes and uh, and everything. And, and when there was so much hope there, and these guys are guys that had really, really good college careers. I'm talking about really good college careers. And uh, there is no way you could have told me that they wouldn't have played in the National Football League. And the fact that it didn't happen for them, and even when they picked up as a free agent, it was so much harder for them to make the team. And uh, then when they didn't make the team, um, you know, one or two made a team, but, but they only last like a year or two in the league. But the other guys, they didn't make it at all. And, man, like they have to return cars that they went out and bought before they got drafted. You know, they have to return, you know, whatever else they bought, jewelry or whatever expenses they bought to take out loans to help their family or whatever. Like they have to see them give back all of that and then put themselves in more debt because now they have to pay these loans back and they've already spent up most of that money. Like I've seen how it's derailed families before because you you kind of put the horse you probably put the carriage in front of the horse instead of kind of just waiting and see what happens and then kind of go from there so i've seen it happen on that end man so for me it was i was very fortunate and blessed to be able not to be in that predicament but i was also you know sad to see some of my guys that i played with end up in that kind of situation and that's though there was a lot of stories that people just don't know and and you know there's a lot of emotion tied to all this too so that's that's good insight for what others go through as well so i want i do want to end on this because you're a quarterback you know about fit and all that and washington wants to get another quarterback one of the guys that i think that they like is justin fields i don't know that they're going to get him i think justin goes top 10 i think he's really good but you said that you'd watched him what do you like about justin fields well, just what like, do you think about him? Yeah, I think he's a high competitor. You know, he's a high competitor. I think he competes. Um, I think the thing that not that knocks on him is kind of Haskins kind of hurts him a little bit in the situation. And uh, the fact that the reason I say that is because they both come from the same system in Ohio State, and it's not fair to judge one off another. You know, they're totally two different people. Totally go about their business two different ways. Um, you know, Justin is a guy that was born here in Georgia. I know plays high school ball here. He went to UGA first and got a chance to learn a little bit about him at that time because I'm covering in the SEC and uh, and know that he's a two-way player. You know, he can run, he can throw it. Uh, you know, he throws a tight spiral. And uh, I think, you know, the thing for him is getting into a system that kind of allows his athletic ability to take over 
I don't think you just put them in a system and just say, hey, straight drop back him a whole bunch of times during the game. I think you do kind of tailor the system a little bit to him, you know, kind of the way Buffalo does with Josh Allen. Yeah. So they, they try to utilize every part of the kid's ability. And I think you can kind of do that with Fields because I don't think he's a guy that you're going to read the defenses just straight up and just say, throw it in here, throw it in there. You know, most of their, if you watch their film, most of their games and, and offenses are like cut into half fields where they're reading the guy, the guy blitzes, they throw the slant off the guy here and there, they're reading a high-low progression. Where in the NFL, you know, these guys come from these systems, like Baltimore still does it with Lamar. They kind of break it into half fields and everything but when you think about as an overall does everybody's system in the nfl does that and the answer is no so you know for him i think he has to end up in a situation where the coaching staff is not saying like hey you have to fit our system he needs to end up with someone that's going to say we're going to tailor our system to what you do best and we're going to go from there and that's then that's the, the things that i think you know, if he could do that, if he was to end up in Washington, I think the best thing for him, he has probably one of the best young defenses in the National Football League. Yeah. And they're young, and they can keep growing. And he has a nice receiving core. You know, you got McLaren, and then you got the kid that just come over from Carolina. Uh, so, and then, you know, so my thing is, he end up in Washington, he's in a way better situation because when I got to Washington, as I was with, man, I was like, a young, young kid. <laughs> Some of these guys on the roster was on there for a long time. And uh, but I really didn't grow with a bunch of young guys. You know, it was kind of, you know, older, older guys. And here I am, a young guy trying to find my way. But uh, I think for him, man, like it'll be a great situation with him if he could end up there. But I don't think he'll fall that long. I mean, fall that low. I, think, I don't think so. I think Washington would have to trade up to get him. But it's just like, what are you going to give up to go get him, though? You know? Right. I want to give up some of your young guns on defense. Right. And I'm with you there, Jason. I, I don't think he'll be there for him, but I think he's a guy that if they could somehow get him, they would. I just don't think it'll happen. I happen to think guy is going to be – I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Jay Because of the fact what I saw in the national – when I saw in the game before the national championship game, the game against Clemson, when he uh, mm-hmm. hurt his ribs and he fought through it and he stayed up played. And then let's be honest, like I played that position. Your ribs don't heal that fast. All of a sudden, no, they do not. This week, and he, and he tried to give it his best against Alabama, but they was just, you know, that offense was just too crazy. So, but yeah. that showed me a lot of toughness about him too as well. And, and uh, I, like, I thought he played well against Alabama too, all things considered. They were, they were missing a lot. And, you know, and the, I thought he competed really well in that game. So, you know, but – this is Jason. It was good catching up with you. Good hearing about your draft day stuff. I appreciate you joining me. Appreciate it, John. Thank you, man. Have a good one. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and, of course, of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great content. Hey, this is Joel Corey from Inside the Cap. I know you're enjoying the John Kahn Report, which gives you insider access to the Washington football team. Everything you want you want to know, which is going on with the Washington football team. Once you're done with that, check out my podcast, Inside the Cap, which gives you the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap and player contract negotiations. Check out these two products and other fine podcasts from Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Jason for joining me, and thank you, as always, 
for listening. Next up, the draft. Finally, I'll have a podcast after the first round. Talk to you next time.